All right. How are you? <laughs> How are you getting on? Um, you look, uh, you look, you look, and you know what? You fucking smell great. Look, I'm a weirdo, right? I like actual smells, right? And you got one. Love. <laughs> you smell great. You smell like a real person. Um, but all, but it's that you smell nice as well. I don't know. Look, I'm not. I um, the young fella. The young fella. The young fella's. The young fella's not sleeping very well. I love me. I love him. I love him. I'm in love with him. I'm. Do you know what I'm going to say? I think I'm more in love with him than Michael Keaton is of his, is of his own son. And I used to laugh at Michael Keaton with how much he loved his own son when he won the Oscar for Birdman. And he's all like, you know, i got a friend. Yeah, he's kind. He's generous. He's smart. He's talented. Did I say kind? And he's not just my friend. He's my son. He's my son. Um... And I feel that way when he says, birdie, he says, birdie, and he goes, birdie, and I'm like, I got a best friend, <laughs> he's my son, <laughs> so I get it, I get it, I get it, but he's not sleeping very well, and, and, I mean, my wife is doing, my wife is doing, um, you can call her Sarabi. Because she's doing the lion's share, Simba's mam Sarabi. She's doing the lion's share of uh, of putting them back down to sleep. And I yawn, I yawn with my hand over my mouth so as to not offend my wife. <laughs> I yawn, I yawn in wardrobes. I yawn in curtains. Yet still, my wife, you know, with her eyes seems to say, what the fuck do you think you're yawning over, you know? With her eyes, she seems to say that, you know. Um, and, you know, I've been saying this since day one, I can't complain, because my wife doesn't. But I will complain, it's fucking... Yeah. And you notice, well, when you have a, a child that's not sleeping, I assume, it's only happened to me once, <laughs> but maybe this is a, maybe this is a relatable problem. He's just, he's, he, no, he's sleeping really well. He just wakes up. He's still waking up. He wakes up two or three times. That's not nearly as bad for other people. No, he's, you know, um, you know, he's just over one, you know, it's uh, 15 months or something, or something. He's 16 months. And, and it's, um, and so he wakes up a handful of times, you know, there are some people who do not sleep at all. They were so sleep deprived that they, you know, they, they have a breakdown and it happens and I can see how it can happen. And ours is not like that. He wakes me up. Um, he probably wakes me up like twice, but that's still, it's still, you know, still too much. It's still, he doesn't know it's too much. You know, I'll tell him when he's older. That was a bit too much when you did that there. You know, I can't resent him. I'm not going to resent him, you know, for, um, what am I talking about? No, I'm saying, look, I'm, not, I'm back on track. And what I'm saying is, uh, you get people to be like, oh, you know, He's over one now. He should be, you know, should he, should, <coughs> should he now? Right, let me just finish your sentence. He should be sleeping. He should be sleeping through the night, should he? Yeah. Oh, your 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 niece is uh, sleep, sleeps through the night. Yeah. <laughs> it's like reading a menu to a famine boy. It's like reading a menu to Eddie Rockets to a famine boy. Right? Some boy who was in the famine. Right? 
one of it's like going up to one of those bronze statues on the keys, trying to get onto a fucking ship and reading them the menu to Eddie fucking Rockets. And there is a Rockets right beside there. I'm starving actually at the moment. There's a Rockets Burgers there. <laughs> that's what that's like telling me that your nephew sleeps. I'm like the famine. All right, I don't give a shit. Do you know people are like, are you really comparing yourself to the famine? Yes, I am. Are you really comparing your you being waking up, woken up twice to what they had to endure in the famine? Yeah, I am. What are you from the famine? What do you give a shit? <laughs> what do you give a shit about? You know, I used to always compare myself to grand individuals. I'd be like, I think I said one time. You know, I think I said I wasn't going to get in a fight or something like that. All I know is I compared myself to Gandhi. (laughs) But I didn't do it being like, I'm like Gandhi. I think I was like, well, look, you know, Gandhi said, you know, I'm just going to be like Gandhi and I'm not going to engage in this. You know, like you really compare someone's like, are you really comparing yourself to Gandhi? That's the lowest power shit there is. Are you really comparing yourself? Why you fucking crabbing a bucket, fucker, pulling someone back down? Let someone compare himself to Gandhi. Gandhi's just a guy, right? He's led, you know, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm <laughs> getting, getting a, big, a bit big for my boots, you know, my little toes poking at the side of my boot because I'm getting too big for them. Um, But all I'm saying is me woke, woke, having woken up twice along a nine hour sleep cycle um, is like me uh, having uh, experiencing the Irish potato famine. <laughs> um, I'm having a coffee here. Very far away from my PC, by the way. Jesus Christ, I still haven't recovered. I'm still angry, you know? I didn't really get the satisfaction of it being saved. I, sp- I spilled a latte in my computer and um, talked about this, you know? Uh, fucking yuppie bullshit. Me pouring a latte through my computer. Um, I only ran fixed it and I paid him. Uh, and... Um, and I don't really know. No, does this story have a thing? Yeah, I'm just saying that I don't have. A, I haven't felt. I haven't felt the satisfaction of it. I think I'm looking. No, do you, do you, I'm just tired. I'm just tired right now. I think I'm tired right now. You know, you're looking for, looking for things. You know, I was gonna do a podcast on. Um, <laughs> I was gonna do a podcast where I was gonna uh, answer some first date questions. The sort of questions you would ask someone on a first date. You know. Um, but then I started reading a few of them, and I started getting really upset that people have to date. You know, you know, I like asking, "Oh, what are your what are your hobbies?" Imagine, oh, imagine, fucking, I'm not having that's like you know, I, I, I mean, it's also very exciting. You know, it's also a very exciting thing and meeting someone and having them, you know, um, surprise you and be like, "Oh, I've never actually sat down and spoken to someone like this," and oh, that's a kind of an attribute of myself. I'd love to explore more, and you know, or. Or you saying something about yourself that you think is quite mundane, and they're like, oh, "That's really interesting." And you're like, "Really? Yeah. Okay. Cool." You know. Um, but for me, just based on the mood that I'm in, um, imagine sitting down next to someone not knowing what you. What do you? What do you do? Who? Who are you? Why am I? What's going on? You know. <laughs> it's not. It's tough. It's tough. You know. It's very exciting though. It is very exciting. You know. I, ju- I just think the the premise that I initially set up for this part of answering small talk questions is not is not gonna you know just doesn't seem like a good idea for uh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, look, this is gonna be a great show because I'm here. I have my coffee, right? Um, which do you know what? Hey, 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 shh, shh come here. Do you want to know a secret? Do you want to know a life hack that I've been doing? Right? 
Now, don't be telling anyone this now. You can land me in hot water. Pardon the pun, because it's about coffee, right? This is what I do sometimes. I just don't feel a bit fucking cheeky, right? I go in to one of those little coffee machines that they have in a spa or a centre or whatever, right? And I, uh, and I get a medium cup, right? And I put a small latte in it, right? And you might be thinking, Tony, what the fuck are you doing? They're going to charge you for a medium. They're going to charge you an extra four ounces on that. Let me finish my sentence. There's something else going in the cup, right? Just, they'll be making a big deal about it right now. I put a small latte in a medium cup. And then I hit the Americano button and I put a bit of extra fucking coffee in it. Oh, my God. I put a bit of extra coffee in an extra shot. The, the thing is, right, now I'm stealing. I'm stealing about eight cent. But uh, if the option was, to, I'd love to pay for an extra shot. But I don't want to pay for all that. I'm not paying two euro for all that water. Do you know what I mean? Sure, was it not even ten years ago we were marching on the streets to not pay for water? I'm actually a hero. I'm actually a hero. Um, no, no, in all seriousness, the only reason why I do it is that um, it's just be- essentially because I've, I've reached a point in my career, uh, reached uh, the peak of comedy success that I just don't feel anything anymore. It's just a buzz. <laughs> just a buzz of maybe being calm. What are you doing over? Oh, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to hit the button for another coffee. Oh, I thought I was refilling it because I hit small by accident. <laughs> Oh, well, it's like eight cent, whatever. But, you know, it is a slippery slope. You know, you start off just putting a bit of extra coffee in your cup. And then before you know it, just to feel alive, you're on the fucking dark web wrestling a bear, you know, for Bitcoin. Um, But anyway, enough of that bollocks now. Let me tell you about the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Oh, these are a fine brand. Oh, these are a fine bunch of people, um, and they're they're look, they are a brand, but I call them friend. And um, let me tell you, it's been getting pretty cowl out there. Everyone forgets it's, uh, that September is a sunny; it's still part of summer. But now we're coming into October. Now we're coming into the proper autumn, right? And it's getting a bit cold. You're closing your windows. You're cracking out the old blanket again for the couch. Your couch blanket. We have a couch duvet. We actually have a specific couch duvet. And every time we bring it out, we go, duvet on the couch, ah, ah, duvet on the couch. And we sing it for too long. You know, that song, that D-Light song. Um, anyway, but we've been loving it. I tell you, I've been loving nothing more than sitting there with duvet on the couch. And it's getting a bit colder, right? And getting a, my tumbler out and getting a, a neat this time, no ice, drinking a bit of the Dubliner Old Fashioned. The Dubliner Beer Cask Old Fashioned recipe is tasty AF. And I tell you, it's got all those autumnal spices in there, right? It's not quite mold. It's not quite wintry. It tastes like autumn. And it's a shitload of orange peel in there. Not an orange peel, but an orange taste. It's very nice. I really like it. But also, you've got the Dubliner Green Label bottle. If you're just looking for a bit of a, you know, uh, Irish whiskey with a hint of that kind of bourbon sweetness, they got you covered. If you're looking if you're looking for an aperitif, which young fellas don't do anymore, right? My mother-in-law, she likes having a creme de menthe every so often, but we don't do that. I highly recommend checking out the Dubliner Honeycomb Liqueur. It's a whiskey that you can have at the end of a meal, right? And it tastes like drinking a crunchy, and it's gorgeous, right? I highly recommend checking them out. And I tell you, whiskey's coming back in a big way for, the, for this autumn. So look, if you want to pick up any of these, go to the DLD.com, and you can buy any and all of these balls of tasty-ass whiskey. Um, and also, do you know what you can get on there? And I tell you, you've only a, a, a few more days to have this calendar 
totally within, without, without wasting a single page. It's a September to September calendar, and there's only a handful left. There's only a few left uh, of the Young Hot guys. Myself, Killian Sunderman, Shane Daniel Byrne, uh, all the profits going to uh, GCN, uh, Gay Community News. Uh, and uh, if you want to have it all within date, it's September to September calendar. I highly recommend you go to the DLD.com, pick yourself, just throw it in the basket. It's going to a good cause. Um, so look, let's be having you on this, the Tony Cantwell Shit Show. And you know the mother Anyway, how are you getting on? How's things? Um Bond is out again, James Bond is out again. I was listening to the radio this morning and um they're playing all the music, you know. And a bit of the trailer from Bond. Daniel Craig's final bond. And it's like getting all hyped. So we have here on the phone. A manager from the Odeon. <laughs> a manager from from the Odeon, from the cinema. How are you getting on? Very excited to have Bond. We're going to be having Bond on. Bond is on in the cinema. And then, um, I don't know who it was, who was the host, was like, I was in the cinema there last week. There wasn't that many people in. And paused for like some sort of like, that's a, you know, that's a great question. That's a great question, isn't it? What did I just say? And I was giving it to Terry. I was like, can you believe that now? And I was just cursing our small island. I was just cursing our small island as I like to do sometimes, right? Uh, you know, just the just the the nature of our underpopulated. I'm cursing the fact that we've an underpopulated island that we we're not overpopulated. You know, the fact that we actually have enough resources to sustain the people who are on this island, and the fact that we're a very small island yet we've got a you know, a, a, you know. An okay, comparatively good GDP, right? Cursing that because we could get Daniel Craig on fucking morning radio, right? As if he'd fucking be on with Chris Moyles or anything like that. And we had some guy from the Odeon. I was just in a mood. I'm like, fucking manager for the Odeon on the most on 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 the morning news on RTE morning news. A manager. And Terry was like, but like, wouldn't that be great if you were a manager and they asked you to come on the radio and talk about James Bond? And I was like, fucking yes, of course, Jesus Christ. I was almost like dispelled. It's almost like my eyes were like kind of blue. Like Loki had touched me with his scepter. And then I, that had just taken me out. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? What have I been like? How have I lost? How have I lost touch? <laughs> how have I lost touch? Of course. Out of all this guy, this guy's a manager for the Odeon. And they're like, do you want to come on the radio and talk about Bond? And how, you know, the, the cinemas are going to be open to see Bond. And he's like, yeah. Why am I? What's wrong with me? Why do I, you know, why can't I see the, you know, the beauty in that, you know? And of course, like, he's just coming on like it's a, it's, it's a struggling industry, like most industries. And he's just being like, just let you know, Bond's going to be on all the time. You can come on in, check out Bond, you know, if you want to come in, it should be good. It's meant to be a good film, <laughs> you know? And he's just talking about the, the cinemas and how, look, it's going to be safe. It's fine. He's the area manager for all these audience cinemas. And I was like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. I think I just need to get back into my, uh, I was going to say get back into my self-help stuff, but I don't know, you know. I listened to, I used to listen to a lot of Tony Robbins, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, like, uh, Brian Tracy, you know, a lot of Zig Ziglar. 
This is when you'd have a bit of overlap. These were sales gurus as well as kind of life coaches. Tony Robbins also started in sales. Um, and then you'd also have, you know, Abraham Hicks. Abraham Hicks is this fucking weird woman who says that she is the kind of conduit from this voice from a different dimension, perhaps Palladian, perhaps a Palladian alien. Um, and couldn't even tell you what their, their whole thing is that they want to help, you know, human humanity rise to another level of consciousness you know you got your Eckhart Tolle's and stuff like that Eckhart Tolle I get more into because that's more you know just know through this philosophy it's less about kind of you can change things it's more just like you have to understand that there is you and there's another you and there's an ego and that there's you you can work independent from your voice and that there's a voice in your head that is actually shaping the things that you see you know the other ones are more like, you know, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Um, but it just doesn't it just doesn't appeal to me. I feel like I'm spiritually lost because my spirituality was derived from uh, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube motivational videos. And I don't want to watch them anymore. And I don't want to watch stuff about the secret. I don't want to hear that story about how a woman kept thinking about a diamond ring. And then all of a sudden she just got the diamond ring because she visualized it in her head. Right. I don't want to think about that anymore. Right. <laughs> I kind of just want to. I kind of just want to get off WhatsApp. <laughs> I think. I think I just want to get off WhatsApp. You know. Yeah, I'll still complain to my therapist that I'm. You know, I'm. I'm not talking to my friends enough, and that I'm shit at getting back to people. You know what I mean? Or that I. I feel like I don't chat to people enough. You know. So I'll cut off. I'll literally cut off the communication tool that I use to talk to everyone, and then be like, "Oh, but I don't come out. I want to speak to anyone." You know. Um. So I, I feel like I'm spiritually lost. Is there anything more, a bit more grounded? Can anyone give me a recommendation for something a bit more grounded? I just, I'm just not in a flowery kind of mood. I'm just not in a kind of new agey. Like, can anyone recommend like just like a, gr- a grounded guru? You know, something in like the form of a TikTok, something short. Do you know what I mean? I'm a busy guy. Something in the short, something that when I'm sit just sitting on the bog, you know, I can just, uh, you know, watch this TikTok. And then I come away thinking, oh, my God, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing in my life. I have, you know, it's all coming it's all coming together. The plan is coming together. I think that's all I have the scope for right now. Do you know what I mean? But I don't want to lose that kind of flowery side of myself. That kind of, you know, that stuff that, you know, you know, like, I remember, I remember saying to people when I was like 23, I'd be at a party and I'd be like, you know, I believe like all the rules are confined just to what we believe, you know. I, I remember saying to someone, if everyone in the world believed that we had the ability to fly, we would we would leap up from these. There would be no gravity. That's why I say that shit. I be saying that shit based on what? Based on what? Based on what? I hadn't even read a book. <laughs> I hadn't even read a book. I read read I read the twits and uh, Ultimate Spider Man, and I'm there saying that shit. And philosophizing. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, if you just visualize, you can do anything. And as I'm getting fired from every job, <laughs> every job in London, right? And I'm like telling people, you just need to visualize, man. You just need to visualize what you want. And it'll come to you, you know? <laughs> but I tell you, there was one time, there was one time, right, that um, me and my mate were mad into the secret, right? We were mad into the secret. The secret, you know, is that... The secret's basically, you know, shh, don't tell anyone, but your mind is the greatest magnetic power in the universe. Shh, just don't tell anyone, it's a secret. Um, you know that mind that you use for remembering things? Um, did you know it's actually a nuclear reactor of navigation towards dreams? <laughs> well, that's just a little secret. Don't tell anyone. 
Only R- Rhonda Byrne, or Rona Byrne, where her name is, is going to, you know what I mean? Don't be telling anyone, there's a secret. Got to pay eight quid, find that out. Um, but, like, the way it's presented in the book and the way it's presented in the Instagram is that it's magic. Like, it's magic. Like, it's magic that if you focus on something, it'll land on your lap. And people have these stories of really wanting something, and then, by some circumstance, the exact thing that they had in their mind lands in their lap. And it sounds like it's not a lot of work. Right. And I do get the practical like method in which it could work outside of all the magic. Right. Because say if you have visual, say if you visualize in your head that you want to make a million quid. Right. You just decided now that's your decision. You want to be a millionaire. You want to make a million. Right. You already have a massive step forward compared to everyone else. Because a lot of people would, would like a million, but they're not like planning to get a million. Right, So there's a difference there. And the difference is that if you're planning to get a million, again, this is me, not with a fucking million telling you how to make a million, but I'm just saying, in terms of away from the magic, it's not like you get an email that says, here's a million quid, right? That's not how the secret could practically work. But if you locked into your head that you really want to make a million, then every single decision that you make is going to get you in the direction of making a million. Would buying a coffee now make me a millionaire? No, probably making a coffee would be the decision to to make a million. Would me working now after already gone to work, make me a million. It probably would more so than watching TV. Do you know what I mean? Would me selling this make me a million? Would me learning more about this or not learn about this make a million? You know? So you're kind of putting the feelers putting the feelers out, guys. You're kind of putting the feelers out for anything that's going to help you make more money. And I don't know if it would be a very happy life, you know? I don't know if all the decisions would be entirely within your self-interest. But if that's your whole goal to make a million, then, you know... Every second, essentially, there's a crossroads, and one one road is closer to making more money, and one is, you know, not. So, but then, but then, what'll happen is it'll look like this kind of overnight success that's happened, you know, gradually, you know, and you'd be like, and then I got the job, and they saw the contract was going to be whatever this and or whatever, you know, and then I looked at my bank account, and there was a million after working for twenty years, you know. Or whatever, whatever it is, or your net worth was that. Um, that's the that's the that's the kind of practical, and I can understand how that might work because even if it was, say, if it's not a million, say, if it's you want to be something, say, you wanted to be like, um, say, you wanted to be a comedian, say, you wanted or you wanted to be on the TV, right? You want to be a TV presenter, and you currently work in the civil service. Then working anywhere near the industry of the thing you have in your head and kind of visualizing it and abiding by it, looking at all these secret memes on Instagram, you kind of feel like you're tapped in, right? So you're going to be making decisions. If, so if you quit your job and then all of a sudden you're working in the media, but you're not working in TV, you're going to be patting yourself on the back each time for these small steps that you get there. So I get the practicality of it all, right? Um, but I'm just, <laughs> but I'm, just not feel, I'm just not feeling that. I'm just not feeling that at the moment, guys. Um, might revisit that Darren Brown book. Um, Darren Brown's happy book. Um, because he was kind of adapting the 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 lessons of Stoicism from Seneca, which are far more grounded, you know, and it's less about kind of visualizing things in the future, and it's more just about it's here, it's now, and it's grand, and you're fine, and don't be fucking being. Why are you even thinking about that? You know what I mean? Why are you even getting? Why don't we getting carried away? You know what I mean? It's more about. Like, he's got great lessons. It's kind of like um, like visualizing the worst possible outcome. So visualizing if everything were to go bad, what would that actually look like? 
And then in doing so, you realize it's actually not that bad and takes the sting out of the fear of it, you know? Like, um, like as I was saying, I was saying this about the gig. Like, right now, I'm kind of, I'm in, I'm in the, the two weeks of dread leading up to the big gig in Vicker Street, right? Where I have to kind of check. That's also part of why I think I'm being a bit ratty, right? I have a big gig coming up, right? I've got a gig coming up in Cork. Tickets still available, by the way. And um, a gig in uh, Vicker Street. And big gig. And uh, and I did that gig in Tullamore. Remember I was saying how I was bricking it, but bricking it? And that how I was a I was a hollowed out husk of a father and partner. Until my, my son uh, didn't really allow me. And he was like, no, you got... Well, you got well, I'm sorry, bro. I know you're kind of going through a kind of existential crisis right now. But I need you to pick me up and point at the birdies right now, bro. With greatest respect, Padre. Ain't got time for your uh, distant, <laughs> you know, you, you being emotionally distant right now. That's not going to really fly right now. I don't have the time for it. You don't have the time for it. And it actually was fine. The gig was fine. And the gig, the first gig... I was told minutes before I could go out that I couldn't use my projector, which meant that I couldn't use 15 minutes of the the 15 minutes of a 20-minute set. I had to just fucking pull out of thin air moments before getting up, and the gig went fine. And I smashed myself in the face with my guitar and started bleeding. And it was still fine, you know? It was still fine. And then I did a second gig, and it was a better gig, you know? So... I don't think I could even even have planned that being one of the worst possible things to happen. And then I went out and it was fine because it's just fine. It's people communicating with people, you know, and it happens and you can do it. And I'll have time to repair and all this stuff. So I suppose that does even remind myself, take a sting out of that. Another um, stoic principle is uh, to view everything that you kind of own as, as borrowed. And that's not to say that you don't have possessions, even though I think Seneca does, you know, advocate for having a kind of a far more humble uh life free of possessions but it's more so that if you if you had something and it's gone you know it was never really yours to begin with so that that should take a bit of a sting out of something you know like say your phone's gone it's just like oh kind of you kind of borrowed it everything's the fucking library you know it's like you know like my pc when i spilled a latte on it I was like yeah it treated me it, you know i was i was able to use it for a while and it really helped me out you know and I'm grateful that I had it for the time that I had it. Imagine that. Imagine everything that you had was borrowed and someone just needs it back. You know? Would you be like, you fucking prick? You know? I'd be like, oh, thank you. And it actually reminds me now of what the thing that I had. And I was actually very nice to the person to give it to me. You know? The universe. Another one is on that kind of on that principle is uh, like hug hug your, your loved ones goodbye. You know, hug hug your hug your partner goodbye. Hug, you know. Your children, your niece and nephew, you know, that that this could be, this could be it, you know. And it's it, it's not, you know, it, it, it's not to just get upset. It's just to be like, it's like just to be here and now for the love, you know. I'm here right now. If this was the last hug, I'd want it to, to matter, you know. Um, but it's not to be kind of regularly fixated on death, you know. I mean, I haven't read the book. <laughs> I haven't read the book in a while. And you know what? Actually, while I was even just, I kind of, I kind of peered off there. And I'll be honest about what happened in my head there, right? I, I realized it was Gary popped up. I'm like, why are you, tr- why are you trying to, <laughs> why are you trying to remember bullet points from a book that you listened to? I was even saying that to my head because I wasn't even saying I wasn't even giving myself the kudos of reading the book because it was an audiobook, which, as we all know, is you reading it, right? I had Gary saying, why are you trying to remember bullet points that you heard in a book? 
and why do you think that is good enough to talk about in this podcast? And then, right, it reminded me of something uh, that my therapist told me, right? Because I kept uh, I kept asking why, and I, I don't know why, 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 why. And he said, you know, uh, I was trained not to ask the the, the question why, um, because why usually gets um, quite closed answers because people feel like they need to defend something. It's on the defensive. It's like you ask someone, you know, why are you late? Why did you do that? They almost have to justify rather than give you a practical answer, you know? Um, so so me asking myself why, which I'm trying not to do based on that, why are you talking about this? I have to then be like, oh, well, I'm th- oh, well I guess I shouldn't be talking about this. Or I guess I'm a piece of shit for talking about this. Or I guess it's not a valid thing to talk about, you know? But if, if, I, was asked to, if I was to ask myself, how did you come to the decision to talk about that? without the judgment. I would probably give a, a practical answer and not even have to fight through whatever the emotion is that I'm feeling to, to answer it authentically. I'd probably say the actual answer, which is I was talking about how I feel like there's a lack of spirituality and I used to rely on that, a lot of self-help gurus, but I'm not in the mood to kind of, you know, I'm repeating myself here, but I'm not in the mood to try and go through more the flowery stuff. I want something more grounded. And the most recently grounded self-help I've got was from Darren Brown, who had Stoic philosophy from Seneca. And here's a couple of examples that I remember. You know? Because that's practically what happened. And I don't need to judge myself, you know? And I, and I was thinking about how often I, I ask myself why. Why I'm doing the thing that I'm doing. And I, like, I, I, I kind of have a loose plan. So, like, do I, do I need to ask myself why? Does why ever actually get me asking myself a why question about myself ever actually get me an answer that I want <laughs> do I need to be that self-analytical you know do I ever come away from it I was thinking about why I do that and now I know and now I have an actual it's always judgment it's usually always judgment it's always, is it good the thing that I'm doing or is it bad the thing I'm doing imagine I'd ask myself you know what am I doing well this is what I'm doing there's no judgment how am I going about doing it this is the way I'm currently doing it how could I make it better I practically could do this not why are you doing it that way why am I doing it that way is not going to get a good answer you know why are you doing that way would indicate that I'm doing something bad imagine you just couldn't ask yourself a why question you know and that's not to say that you don't be self-reflective that's not to say that you find yourself you know, allow yourself to be trapped in a job you don't like or allow yourself to be trapped in a relationship that you don't like. But um, why is just so loaded with that there's something already wrong and you have to defend? You might not even, you know, have to, imagine having to defend every decision. You shouldn't have to ask, you know, defend every decision that you ask yourself, you know. Um, what do I like about the relationship I'm in? How How is this relationship going? You know? How do you feel in the relationship? How do you feel getting up going to this job? What is it that you dislike or like about the job? Imagine, like, why do you do that? Why do you do your job? Oh, what's your job? Oh, why do you do that? You know? You're not going to get a good answer. Why are you doing it that way? Just why? (laughs) You know? Oh, I work, you know, whatever. I'm a chef. Why? What, like, what? You feel like you have to give some fucking reason. Either it's some heartfelt reason as to... Oh, well, I was inspired by my nonna in the kitchen, you know? But fucking what difference, you know what I mean? What do you, why, why do you do that? What, what were some of the factors that led to you being a chef? Like, if you just take the emotion out of it, so you can actually just view it for what it is, you know? Um, so that's, I mean, here I am fucking preaching about it, and I just heard, just heard about it. 
but without even necessarily taking away the Gary voice. Imagine I would just even just to reframe the question because I'd probably have a, I have a good answer. I have a good answer for everything that I do, you know, including the mistakes. You know, I thought it would be funny, <laughs> and I, I turned. I found out very quickly. I had this. I had this gushing uh, gush of new information that it wasn't funny because everyone seemed really offended. <laughs> everyone seemed really offended by it. You know, why'd you say that? You know. But it's it's difficult to um, to get the practical answers. Anyway, I'm repeating myself here, but uh, you know, it's a new thing. It's a new thing that I'm trying. It's a new thing that I'm trying. So to answer you, Gary, why I thought I'd talk, why I talked about any of this in this episode, it was on my mind. And that's all I can give you. That's all I can give you. You know, um, like even if we were, if I was to ask myself why is this podcast late, I'd probably answer, well, I'm a piece of shit. But if I was to answer. What were the circumstances that led to the podcast being late? I'd be like, I just fucking finished a Fringe show with Dream Gun. And I had all of every single evening and night doing a Fringe show and every single day working. And I and then I had uh, another thing that I'm working on that you'll see hopefully very soon. It's very exciting. Um, they can't say anything about it. Can't say anything. I don't know why you're not allowed to say anything about it. Um, actually, you know, fuck that. I'll just tell you. I got, I got, um, I got funding um, from the government. To make a breakfast show, <laughs> I, I got a kind of funding from the government to make a kind of this morning, uh, Ireland AM six o'clock show style show, and I'm making it, and it's coming out next week, or it's sorry, we're shooting it next week, and it'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. There, I don't know why, why, why would I not tell you? Why would I fucking not tell you? What's this? You know, you see it on Irish Twitter all the time. Guys just got really big news. Can't say Anton. Then why did you say Anton? Or rather. What were the circumstances that led for you to say that you couldn't say it? <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm very excited about that. But it unfortunately has meant that everything else, I've just been so fatigued to do anything else, you know? Um, so it's kind of let, meant this podcast had to be a bit late. But look, I'll always be here. I'll always give you something. And I want to thank you very much for listening to this. And I know this has been a bit of a weird episode, but I'll be honest. Uh, with the last week, with a combination of fatigue and coming up with 100,000 ideas uh, with some very funny people yesterday, all of which you'll see uh, very soon, uh, I kind of feel <laughs> I feel creatively uh, fatigued. Uh, and that's why I'm now looking for inspiration and in gurus. That's kind of, you don't need to fuck. There's a fucking heady episode as fuck. But um, I want to thank you very much for listening to this. And I tell you, if you want to hear <laughs> more of this, uh, you can listen over on Patreon, patreon.com. Did you know that there's an extra podcast that I do every single week? And you've been missing out on it if you haven't listened to it. There's like, there's probably about 70 episodes, is it? Maybe 60, 60 or 70 episodes over there on the Patreon. Uh, I did a review of the year 2010. Um, this Friday, I'm going to be looking over the Rolling Stone top 500 tracks, how that's different from the last year. Um, and talking about some of the criticism that got and i think it's very interesting i think it's very interesting um upcoming as well this month i'll be talking about uh, i'll be doing a, a a movie bake on some scary movies i like to do that last year was hocus pocus i think i might actually do proper slashers this year slasher horrors um and i'm going to be talking about Samhain. that'll be on the main feed pod i'll be talking about some of the traditions some of the neo-pagan traditions of Samhain, and how you can get the best out of your day of the dead um but look, thanks very much for listening. Thanks again to the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Go to the DLD.com or at Dubliner Whiskey to check out more. There's going to be a bit more from Jeb Patterson coming up there on the Soch coming soon. Uh, so do check that out. Thanks very much for listening. I know it's fairly heady, but it's all I had in my head. All the best. Bye-bye.